Welcome to the Real Triathlon Podcast. I'm your host, Garrick Lowen, here with Nicholas Chase and Jackson Lund. Welcome back to the Real Triathlon Podcast. Um, we are not all together today, but we're all here on the podcast. The boys are in uh, Brian's head today. Brian's head. Only one Brian. Yeah. Oh, and it's not. Oh. It's just Brian head. It should be Brian's head, though. Ooh, the no, sun's I'm sure, out. I'm sure you'd love Brian's head. Yeah, but everyone's like, "Oh my God, it's snowing in St. George!" And I'm like, I put on my story like six times that I'm in Brian head. Like, so I'm, Brian head, where we are, is between like 9,500 feet, and it goes up. Brian head peaks at 11,000. So we're up pretty high, and we're looking at a winter wonderland right now. And of course, like I've had seven to 10 people also comment like, is that your house? Question mark. Like, no, it's not snowing up to three feet in St. George right now. It's cold, but it's not dumping. In, like, it's not that cold. It's still like 50. No, Ben said it was like 40 degrees this morning or at my house. Well, yeah, but not morning anymore. Is it? Okay, fine. But anyways, <laughs> Jackson and I are up here uh, just kind of putting together nine days ish of altitude train living high training medium high um swimming in cedar city and uh, just trying to put the finally final touches on race prep yeah it's gonna be good yeah how's the race how's the race prep been going i know nick kind of just getting back into it you had a little little downspout there but how are yeah. you feeling well i had so luckily i, I mean I've always been fortunate to be able to train with people faster than me. So Ben Canute came into town early, like way earlier than normal. And I was lucky enough to jump in some swim run sessions, actually some swim bike and run sessions. We had a great time and just having that kind of push was really nice to get me working hard. But I certainly felt it when we came up here, these yesterday was our last hard day at altitude. And I was pretty much a corpse. Jackson, of course, crushed it. Um, but I was ornery about to. What do you mean I crushed it? We did the exact same thing. Well, you were, you were a little faster, and on the run, yeah, but that's normal. But... And I had race shoes, and you didn't. Yeah, but I wanted to rip a throat out yesterday, and you were still smiling and giggling. I was dead. But anyways... yeah, but that's because after <laughs> we're done training, we're mostly done training. We just had some strength left. We're like, well, we need some groceries. Let's go to the Cedar City Walmart, and it was. We had to be there for over an hour. We we like we were a bit slow getting our stuff, and then we stood in line and just like it was thirty minutes in line. And Nick was starving; he hadn't eaten all day, obviously, or whatever. No, I ate a little bit, but we so at Walmart, and I've had this problem my whole life. Like Trader Joe's, even I always pick the slowest line, and I'll be in a good line, and I'll be like, "Ooh, that line looks better," and then it's worse. It's way worse. So Jackson moved over one, and it was like family of six. And they had like a cart that was overflowing. It looked like it might go quick. And then this woman comes from nowhere with like 17 shirts over her shoulder. And we're like, oh, fuck this. So <laughs> anyways, I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to Taco Bell or I'm going to die, which basically was in the Walmart. Yeah. Basically 10 minutes, no, 15 minutes later when Jackson finally checked out, I had just finally gotten a cheese quesadilla from someone who would rather reload all the damn lids than bagged my quesadilla after it was done for 10 minutes i was i was, I was gonna lose it 
Uh, I almost got it on video, but I accidentally pressed the camera button instead. It was so funny. I thought it was hilarious because Nick's just having a conniption about how we haven't done our strength yet. And it's like 6 o'clock p.m. And he's like, we'll just do it tomorrow. There's no way. We can't train this late. Like, <laughs> we're driving right past the gym. It's 30 minutes. We're freaking doing it. And Well, uh, you know Nick's desperate if he goes to freaking Taco Bell. I was. Because we had just – we crushed ourselves on the altitude – like riding threshold repeats at – 10,000 feet for a two-hour bike ride. It was just massive bike ride. Garrick, you know that one. And then we ran at 6,000 feet with 2K efforts, 1K efforts, and that was just tough. We came up, did a little recovery, and then had to go do a hard swim at like four hours later. So that was actually better than we thought. Yeah, the swim um, was good because the pool, they heated it up for us. So just burning through calories, not a lot of chance to eat, and then that Walmart scenario was – I was, I really was having a tough time. It was, it was, but anyway, it's all for not in the, uh, in the grand scheme of things. We just got back 30 minutes later. Who cares? Yeah. So thanks for asking Garrett. Train's been going really well. I think today's the first day at altitude. I feel like this final sharpening week as we move into race week is going to be really good. Jackson to you, over to you today. We have no training. Well, like, 30 minute bike, which I'm just going to put to Tuesday. So I literally haven't done any training. It's been weird. It's been like so, like, what do you do? You know, you do some coaching. Yeah. We're kind of snowed in. Stretch too. Five oh, yeah. And it snowed. Well, it actually probably has snowed close to two feet now, um, total. So that's pretty crazy. We went to get coffee and they didn't <laughs> put coffee in our coffee. <laughs> just, what? They just gave us milk and water. Like, they forgot to put the espresso in. I was like, can I have an Americano with steamed milk? Like half steamed milk, half water. And then she just gave me half steamed milk, half water. No no coffee. No coffee. And Nick just got oat milk with no coffee. <laughs> yeah. I don't know <laughs> what happened, but um, yeah, cover some notes. People always love to hear about philosophies and training at altitude notes. What 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 little nuggets could you shine on them well i mean i've heard a billion different things about training at altitude and most of which i haven't found to apply to me very accurately so take this with a grain of salt i've also only ever stayed a maximum of i think 16 days is the longest i've ever done so that's a different thing but when you're up when you're going to altitude you definitely don't want to do anything hard for a couple days so last time i went with matt hansen I did try to do some harder stuff on the second day and it was too early, but by the third day, it actually starts to feel okay. Um, I found, so that's for me when I can kind of start doing some intensity and obviously it's way harder. you got to drop your powers down like 10% on the bike. If you're this high, at least. Um, and then running, running super tough, um, more so than biking, but yeah, the first few days, especially you need to hydrate way more. Um, you're probably going to need more sleep. Cause you're just going to be waking up having to pee every like two hours. So well, you pee seven times the in first one night. night I had to go pee seven times and that was like full travel day, like plane pressure, messing everything up. And then the altitude, it was, yeah, it was a bit much. Um, so beyond that training's been, as you'd expect, I think three weeks for me is usually the best time I can see actual blood numbers boost for red blood cell or hematocrit. I run usually high hematocrit anyways, so it's not super cool, but I think coming up for this short amount of time, you get a little bit of actual high end tolerance for like some of those VO2 efforts where like we start the bike now at like 400 Watts on the first climb. So I think it kind of nullifies a little bit of that. And then, um, yeah, just helps a little bit with 
the high output, but not like as much as a three week stint would be. Um, so basically the science says you're not going to get any more additional red blood cells unless you're there, there for three weeks or more. That's when it becomes noticeable. Obviously you're still getting more. It's just not that much in that short period of time, but you do get this other benefit and it seems to help your threshold and they're not actually certain what it is, but it's the latest theory is that it's lactate buffering that improves, which makes a lot of sense because well, you vasodilate anyways. Well, you when you're up at altitude, you gotta go anaerobic just more as soon as you start doing any efforts. And so your body kind of gets used to that somehow with the actual change in the oxygen in the air. So anyway, that's what I've noticed. Even just a week at altitude, you come back down and you can just push above threshold and recover a lot more easily from it, which is really important in a championship race when you got to go out hard in the swim. You got to go hard up every hill and you got to recover and not die. Yeah. So what have been your big last key sessions at altitude here prior to the race, which is going to be in a week? That was yesterday's sessions pretty much. Yeah. Yesterday was our big tune up day <clears throat> and it was a two hour ride with a 10 minute effort at 95% FTP and then eight by two minute efforts with three minutes rest at 105% and then a 10 minute effort at 85% uh, FTP. So those numbers, like you kind of have to go by what you like, what your FTP would be up here um, because obviously you can't just, you just can't do the sea level numbers, but it's still really good stimulus. And then the run was two by two K tempo on eight minutes and two by one K at supposed to be five K pace, but it's even at 6,000 feet, that's really, really tough. So we were definitely a little slower on those. Um, what was our swim again? 12 by hundred on 120 yards. Yeah. And then a bunch of like, uh, just longer strength stuff. So it was a good day and I certainly felt it, I think, cause it was the third day of being up here with training. So today had we done that session, it may, may have felt pretty good. Might have, but <clears throat> Anyway, that was that. Usually it's not all in one day, just kind of the way it worked out because it's only a week we're up here. It's like Monday to Monday um, or sorry, Wednesday to Wednesday. So you kind of have to like recover a little bit, then hit some training, then you're tapering. So there's not that much actual hard training up here. Most of the work has been, yeah, really all the fitness was built at sea level and we're just getting a little bit of a last minute boost. Garrick, would you believe if I told you that? Jack Absolutely not. Okay. That Jackson has been using the hyperbaric chamber we brought up here. I would believe it. As he is all the time. But I would like to see it. It's true. I went in there twice. Happened. Getting some actual oxygen boost to help our recovery afterwards. I don't know if it does anything, but I uh, <laughs> I think the research is pretty solid. So There is a good body research on it. Uh, I hear you're I supposed doing. to try new things race week too, so that's what I'm going with. That's what Lionel always says. And get those new those new on prototype shoes. Prototypes during race week are acceptable, apparently. I heard a rumor that those shoes are um, foam, carbon, foam, carbon, foam. That's why they're so thick. They got two carbon plates in there. It's like Mach 7 razor blades. Like Eventually, there's going to be seven levels of carbon. <laughs> so do you think those shoes are actually the fastest shoes i think he's there. just the fastest guy on the day and he just happened to be wearing a pair of shoes that would have been the fastest shoes even if they were like Adidas. well he wouldn't have worn because he doesn't have a shoe sponsor right well now he has on he yeah he signed with on 
like well he announced his sponsorship like race week of Kona. So yeah, obviously yeah. there's like and in these shoes, they have to be try the shoes and he tested them against all the other shoes and he's like, Yep, these ones are the fastest, and then he went with them. That's probably. But also they had been working with him on that shoe for a little while. It wasn't just like a yeah. race week. Yeah, why not? Well, I'm gonna show no. up with um, stilts know. one time, just like stilts and just put springs at the end of those and what about those moon shoes remember you used to like yeah. have a bungee your foot would drop down inside this little spring box and just shoot you forward yeah we should do that too i mean if it's whatever <laughs> there's no rules right there's literally no rules on footwear for iron man garrick sure. you're a prosthetics guy and like those little half moon for the amp- lower leg amputees what if we put shoes that had those the running blades the yeah. running oh that's not well it would be it would it would not so the max the max energy return of those is eighty percent, but you're taking away an entire joint, right? No, you just put them on the like below the foot, you know, like a shoe. You just make them. I know, them. but you're not going to get you're not going to get any plantar flexion if you put those on. Be, but it's doing the plantar flexion, so fuck it. But it's not you're losing. Like think about you get you get what it's like one hundred twelve percent. Um. You get an extra push when you, like, in toe off when yeah. you're running, right? Okay. Um, your I feel like flexion. you could find a way to make it so you could get both. What if it was a small blade? <laughs> what if you ran on seven small blades on the yeah little bent ones underneath? <laughs> anyway, the point is, the shoe thing's dumb. They should have to be available to the public to race in them. That's my opinion on it. Because otherwise, they're just gonna be like, oh, we'll make a special custom shoe for Gustav Eden every year. It's gonna be ninety-seven millimeters thick. Let's go. Oh, it's a prototype. Yeah. Whatever. It doesn't matter. I think I think it, it's coming to the point where maybe we should adopt the IAAF yeah. um, shoe standards. Yeah. Well, then, if not, it's just the richest athlete. Like, the guys with the biggest sponsorships are just going to get the best shoes, right? Yeah. Formula One, baby. That's what it is. If you can buy a better everything, you win. Yeah. Well, um, that's pretty even if they don't adopt the same rule, which I think they should, like 40 mils gives you tons of boost um even if it's just it has to be available to the public like, like that 50 mil adidas shoe or something like i'm fine with that shoe because people can actually buy it yeah even if it's just yeah exactly even if it's just it has to be available to the public that's fine okay. um so yeah garrick real quick since you're coming back and you're ramping up how's your how's your ramp up been going dude it's been i mean it's been good it's been the most consistent training i've had in the last uh, 14 months, right? Any any residual like flare-ups of the surgery or posts anything? Um no, my hips have been like kind of tight. Um they all they always feel a little weird. I've still got that I do you remember uh training camp way back in the day when I uh pulled my groin? Like 2017 or something? I think so. It was the one Nick was at in Florida. I remember you pulled a lot of things at camp. <laughs> but that <laughs> that's pretty much the only thing left um that's like still have sore. a full groin just, do you think you just tore that a, muscle back then and you never realized it and it's just chronically short now because it's fucked yeah it, it could just i don't know it's just always sore but it's not like it doesn't impede anything you yeah. know it's just like it's more just after the fact it's sore so everything else been good i mean so we're i think we're at week five now of coming back and every week I've hit like 20 hours at least. Uh, this week was 25, and the week before that was like 22. 
so it's it's been good um I'm just happy to be back training like my numbers are still not anywhere near where they were before but I feel like I'm getting very aerobically fit and the way that we're building this is like we're not targeting any race this year the races this year are just kind of on the calendar and happening like we're still going to taper into them and try to have a good race but really we're just trying to build that strength back and and get ready for next next spring right and so it's really noticeable in my training like trying to hold ftp is almost like it feels impossible but like holding 75 to 85 percent just feels like i could do it for an eternity well one quick thought on that isn't it if you're having a hard time holding ftp didn't that mean you need to do another lower ftp no, because oh. <laughs> FTP is just an an FTP is also just an arbitrary number that you set. So like if I'm if I'm doing all my aerobic stuff to the point where like say I'm holding 75% FTP and I can do it at like 120 heart rate, which is where my max is like 185 or something like that. I'm not gonna art I'm not gonna lower my FTP just to to hit that, you know, and then lower that zone where I'm just going to reach a bit for my higher end FTP. So basically your, your floor is still pretty good, but your ceiling is <clears throat> not quite as high as it used to be. <clears throat> exactly. Well, at one point your FTP was thought to be close to 400 Watts. Remember? Yeah. Yeah. My best ever 20 minute power is like 403. So Ooh. that that's like 385, 390. Yeah. Well, you're coming. I'm stoked to race Cabo with you. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, you basically have one more ramp up than a taper, Garrick, and then it's first major race of Swim Bike Run 2022. Yeah, in the in the heat. But I've been freaking shedding weight, man. I'm down. I'm like 187 now. Your beard looks skinnier. So, yeah, thanks. Did you trim I, it? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, I trim it for work. You trim your oh. chest hair too. You'll lose some. Yeah. Well, I did. I trimmed my chest hair once to swim a standard to get funding, and I felt very naked. <laughs> well, it's going to be interesting, Cabo, because yes, it's going to be hot. Have you done any heat prep, hot tubs, saunas? Yeah, I've been doing the sauna, um, been doing the hot tubs stuff, and I got a heater. So, all my easy rides, I got like a heater blowing on me. Oh, gosh. You're going to be ready, man. Um, but and like I honestly have noticed some stuff like I'm always freaking cold now outside of training so I feel like that's a good sign but That'll be a blood blood volume increase for sure yeah yeah but um speaking of weather mm. it's supposed to be beautiful in St. George for 70.3 I think it's going to be six or eight degrees Celsius Brent like Brent 50. McMahon would say yes and snap yeah, like 50 degrees for you guys at your start so what is the plan for you guys for that especially for nick who's had some issues with the cold well first and foremost let's say that the women's race on friday is probably going to be a little colder too so they're probably in a little worse shape and i think they're probably based on what we've been kind of hearing they're freaking out a little bit more so let's just take a look right quick at the weather i mean right now it's sunday the races are on friday and saturday so it's probably not going to even be this but just because we're triathletes and we look at it a week ahead and we think that's for sure what it is Women's race is going to be four degrees, um, 7 a.m., four degrees. Race starts 7.30. 9 a.m., still four degrees. 
11 a.m., 9 degrees. What is that so in America? It's going to be maybe 10 to 11 at the finish. So it's going to start at like 40 and finish at like 50, 50, low 50s degrees. Men's race, six degrees at the start, seven degrees at 9 a.m., 12 degrees at 11 a.m. So basically three degrees Celsius warmer, according to right now. Um, and we have been told that there's a large amount of female contestants who are trying to petition Ironman to postpone the race by an hour or so for a little bit warmer temps, but we have not participated in such of a petition. Move, move. Well, the problem is it doesn't really change much because it's still four degrees at 9 a.m. And if you start at any later than 9 a.m., then you're canceling the swim, basically. Yeah. Uh, and the water is going to be the warmest part of the day. But here's the other thing. Like, I, I get it that people don't want to freeze their asses off, but like you can ride outside in minus 20 and be warm enough if you have the right clothes. So why not just get the right clothes? Like I know it's going to be a slower T1. It's going to be a bit of a different race, but is it really that terrible to put a couple of extra pieces of clothing on in T1 and then you'll feel fine. And well, it becomes tactical at that point because some people might be like, well, I can, I mean, this is something I have to think about because you're right, Garrick. I have not traditionally done well these past two years, but I've only not done well when it's been torrential downpour and free freezing cold rain and wind. But even when I did race in Iceland once it was windy and dry, but overcast and around the same predicted temperatures. And usually, since it's dry in St. George and the sun will probably be out, you'll dry off in the first 30 minutes, especially with a lot of downhills. And then it's just a matter of maybe wear some gloves because your hands might actually get pretty cold and some toe warmers. And then if you can put a piece of plastic or like a little sheath over your chest just to insulate from the wind chill, that might be just enough to keep you rolling, but also really comfortable. That's my plan. I'm trying not to put two. And and then again, it's different for age group and pro for sure. Because if I think for any age group or take the extra minute, because you're going to want to, it's more of a solo time trial. You're not like screwed. If you waste 20 seconds in transition, whereas sometimes for pros, you got to consider that. So um, that is one thing that I will say, but yeah, I kind of along what Nick said, like I've done one race that was pretty cold. It was 10 degrees to start the bike. And I didn't wear any gloves. Like I just wore my regular tri kit and I was fine. Um, this is obviously a little colder than that, but I don't think I'll need more than just gloves. Maybe I'll put a little plastic like on my chest under the suit and then take it off in a transition or in a whatever a trash drop station. I'll just throw it. Well, here's the good news, Jack. Uh, we're going down on Wednesday morning back to my place. We're going to be in that environment for three days ish before the, or two days for sure before the race that we can wake up, you know, start riding at eight o'clock and feel what it's going to feel like. So I think that everybody can do that. Everyone will get in early enough. You can feel what it's like the day before the race and you can plan ahead. The water's going to be wetsuit legal. You just bundle up, bring all kinds of warm clothes in the morning, put in your morning clothes bag, keep your core. Sometimes a trick you can do is you can put a water bottle with warm water in it or a thermos take it to your transition and right before you're about to start you can put that warm water down your wetsuit and that'll keep your core temperature up even more that's the main thing you want to prevent yourself from shivering before the race or pee in your wetsuit and pee in your wetsuit well you'll be peeing a lot because it'll be cold that you'll be peeing probably yeah. a lot on the bike and i think there's another thing that we 
Crawley should mention it. I feel like this might save one person's race. Okay. So there's a lot of more realizations lately of like proper sweat rates and sweat sodium concentrations and getting enough sodium in when you're training and stuff. When you're not sweating, it doesn't matter what your sweat sodium concentration is. You do not need to take sodium in. Okay. So if you're the highest sweat sodium in the world, don't put freaking 1500 milligrams per liter in your bottle for this race because you're not sweating any, like if it's going to be cold, you're basically not sweating and your, your guts will just feel terrible. Yeah. You don't want to consolidate all those, that nutrition, but what you do want to do is do maybe a little bit more gel rather than pure liquid, because that'll be a better, more, I mean, your heart rate's not going to be as high. Your core temp's going to be lower. So you can digest things a little bit easier under load. So, and plus your hands might be cold. So grabbing a bottle all the time is going to be tougher. So maybe think about how you can easily put your nutrition on your bike to where you can get a nice little concentrated source with a sip of water easily. Right. Yeah. And you're just not going to be thirsty. So if all your calories are in bottles, you're probably not drinking enough and then you'll just not have enough calories. So yeah, just, uh, those are a couple of things to consider, but Garrick, if it was, five degrees at the race start what would you do would you just go normal tri suit no gloves uh i think so i've done a couple races where it's been this cold i can remember once it was i think it made my second ever junior race and it was in edmonton in june and we started because we had to go before the wts race so we started at or with the world cup race so we had to be in the water at like 6 a.m the race started or whatever and it was maybe two degrees four degrees at the start and the water was like 15 degrees 14 degrees and i was like this the the water felt warm when we got in and i was like nice and you get out of the water and you start running and you can't feel your feet so you feel like you're just floating and i'm like this is going to be a great day (laughs) (laughs) yeah when the arches of your feet are frozen that's a bit tough yeah um Honestly, I'd probably put gloves on. Yeah. Maybe I think I'm going to do warmers. gloves for sure. Cause my hands, even when I'm not feeling cold, the first thing is my hands, like I lose control of them and I don't want to be freaking descending into T2 or just die on that 90 degree corner at the bottom. Yeah. That's yeah. one thing. And having Keep your freaking gloves on because that last descent will feel cold. Just yeah. Having like skin. dexterity, having any sort of dexterity is so clutch because if, if you can't shift or grab the bars or put even put your shoes on in t2 because your hands are so cold yeah you know you're gonna lose way more time than yeah if you just put gloves on in t1 and it's a good time like if you go into if you know you're going into a cold race don't worry about race weight as much carry a couple extra pounds because it'll really help you yeah maybe even putting socks on in t1 as well might help yeah if you could get them dry real quick too yeah, if you can manage that. I'm going to just duct tape my shoes so there's no ventilation on them. That'll help. And then uh, yeah. I might have a towel in T1 to just quickly dry my hands and, like, head just to, like, not freeze the first. We'll see. If I'm, like, dangling at the back of a pack and I see Magnus Ditlev turning on his motorcycle to get going, I'm going <laughs> to probably going <laughs> to just not take anything. Oh. oh, yeah. So start list. Um, Let's start with the women. Who's – uh. Obviously, we Lucy. pick we pick Ellie Salthouse for the win, no matter what. She's our best friend. She what? Was a, she was a. We rec- got two girls of the team racing. We have a Ellie. Was, <laughs> we pick Leslie Smith and Tamara Jewett and Ellie Salthouse as our best friend winners. Yeah, 
Well, let's see what the start list is. I did download it, but then I realized they're two different start lists because two different days. So we know that Lucy Charles is obviously the favorite probably here, I think. Yeah, I think so. Well, although Taylor Nib or Emma Pallant, Taylor Nib and Lucy Charles, between those two would be like probably the, the highest odds. Um, but yeah, you got Emma Pallant, Jackie Herring, Holly Lawrence, Nikki Bartlett, Anna Reichman, Paula Finley, Flora Duffy, Ruth Astle, Tamara Jewett, Ellie Salthouse, Lydia Dent, Imogen Simmons, Danielle Lewis. Holy, this is a really long list. Do I have to, have to read everybody? But the good news Leslie is Smith. read all 65, Jackson. I, well, I think the key thing is to pay attention for the women is I think some of the women who are not like rail thin are going to probably have a better time out there. Like the more powerhouse bikers. Um, I don't know. This is just a more strength-based course this time around, especially the run course is different than any year we've ever raced it, which means it's it's not as challenging on the steep uphill after you take a, go up diagonal. However, the golf course kind of lollipop section is a little bit more like you're not running on very good terrain. It's very chip sealy. It's uneven. You're going to have to run on two fairway straightaways. The downhill section is actually quite long and you hit it twice so you're going to be dropping hundreds of feet from it's diagonal right yeah you're going to run all the way down diagonal and then all the way down past the finish line to another park but the second loop is going to be the tough one because you've got to climb further than you did on that first loop because you're starting from the bottom a lower point so i right. think i think the run course is going to be deceivably harder than what we think it is deceivably deceivingly deceivably yeah <laughs> Well, I think that just both men's and women's races, it's going to be, yeah, some of the bigger people are going to stay warmer. Like, that's just sort of how that works. And it's the same thing in a hot race. Typically, the bigger people struggle more. So, yeah, for once, you know, the bigger folks are going to get an advantage, which is, uh, which is nice. That's you calling these girls people. bigger? We mean genetically different in size. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, men's race. Wait, we didn't even talk about who's going to win and stuff. We just did. We said that Leslie Smith first. Well, Tamara we... Jewett first. <laughs> Ellie Solhouse first. All right. Well, I mean, I guess I guess that's all our picks. Garrick, who's I your mean, pick? They, they could all finish first. Like, Iron Man doesn't have an official finish line. No, they do so now. They do they now. Just... Oh, do they? Yeah, they implemented it after there's that. A, there's an employee with a cell phone. Yeah. <laughs> no, Garrick, what's your top three for reels? I think Paula's going to win. I'm just saying it before somebody else does. Uh, I think Paula can definitely um, win this race. Canadian loves it. Yeah. She's uh, been, I think she's, I think she's been stoked on her training. She doesn't like heat. She's Canadian, so she's probably good in the cold. She's a powerhouse biker. Everything's lining up she's for this. She's not part. only Canadian. She's from Edmonton, and they only get one month of summer, so she's used to the cold. Okay. So both of you going with Paula for number uno or what? I yeah, I think so. On here. Well, I mean, all right. So nobody picked Chelsea Sadaro last time on one for Kona because we just is she even racing. No, but I'm just saying we we kind of didn't take it as in depth as we should have. Um, yeah, I think, man, I'm not gonna say Paula because you guys did, but I think uh, who else is another? I got to be honest. Like, there's a lot of really top names missing from this. Both men's and women's side. Like uh, who? Well, like 
all the all the really top Iron Man people. Sky Mox. None of them are there, really. None of the Germans. Oh, you're right. No Haug. No, no Reef. But they've not typically done well at the half distance in no. the past two years. Well, I mean, Danielle Reef won Collins Cup and had the fastest time. She's pretty fast. Yeah. I guess that's a different story there. Um, okay, Garrick, you get a pick. Go. Man, I'm always the one that has to pick first. Um, okay. Because you're the most prepared. Jackson technically picked one first. Yeah. Okay. Um, second place, I'm gonna go with Taylor Nib. Mm. Ooh, bold. What okay, third? Oh, third. <laughs> um typically the podium is has three. Oh, I thought we were all just, you know, oh, okay. out second stuff, but that's fine. That's fine. Um, okay. Are we doing a dark horse too? Yeah, at the end. Okay. Um, okay, then third place. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Flora Duffy. Um, uh, yeah, I'm just gonna I'm gonna go Flora Duffy. Okay. So you use your dark horse then. Oh no, we do it at the end. Do we are yeah, we'll do it at the end. Well, okay, I'll go next. I already picked Paula. Paula for win. Um second. I'm gonna go Duffy. Like she yeah, she's ripper. And then I think I mean you gotta pick Lucy Charles. Like she's always gonna be up there, I think. But it's hard to not pick Nib either. Ah, pick one. All right, I'll go Nib then Lucy Taylor Nib then Lucy Charles, second and third. That's exactly what I was gonna do, and I tried not to because the ranked one too. All right. I'm gonna go Nib Salt House. Um, Paula. All right, you nice. Know, just use last so, name, last name, first name. That's fine. That'd be pretty cool. That'd be pretty cool if we got two USA athletes, one win Kona and one win um seventy point three. Yeah. World both hey, dark, in the US. Dark cool. horse. Okay, dark horses. My dark horse, India Lee. Okay, fair. I don't know her. Don't even, Nick doesn't even know who she is. I'm just gonna say act like I do. <laughs> Dark horse for me is going to be Marjolaine Pierre. <laughs> Pick the Canadian. Good job. She was there training earlier. Well, I didn't pick Flora Duffy, so she's going to be my dark horse. What? You can't pick Flora Duffy. She's the Olympic champion. Well, this isn't an Olympic <laughs> distance, course. is it? That's not very dark. Well, has she even won a 70.3 yet? Nope. It's a pretty dark horse, uh, if you ask me. Okay. All right, to the men. No, Garrick did. Oh, Garrick already did. All right, so, in again, as the forecast shows now, women's race is going to be super cold. Maybe windier as well. So, it's just, we'll see. But I really think there's going to be about a third of the field that just doesn't doesn't do quite do it as they would have hoped. Because some, some people are not going to pick enough clothing. Some people might pick too much, take too long in T1. Like, it's it's kind of a crapshoot. It's going to be tough. I'll tell you which pro female is going to absolutely love it, Melanie McQuaid. She's going to love that weather. Yeah. Well, she might do great then. Yep. Another Canadian. Yeah. I can see a third of the field not even finishing. That's most tough races. I mean, some people yeah. just like me. Sometimes you get hypothermia. <laughs> what are you going to do? Yeah, I could see it too. So, all right. Well, hey, you know what? There's more – Females on the start list than men, I think. There um, you go. Actually, 
The one out of the ones who haven't pulled out, I think the women is shorter. Well, it's pretty dang similar. I think we should get um more Mendicona. This is seventy point three worlds. <laughs> I know. <laughs> You're gonna get canceled. Yeah, sixty five right. men to sixty five men to seventy point three worlds. So we've got the Norwegians, Sam Long, Mickey Taggle. Snacks and Laundry, Ben Canute, Eric Lagerstrom, Magnus Ditlev, Lonberg, oh, Matt Hansen, Dennis Chabrol, Fred Funk, Jason West, Kyle Smith's not here, Clément Mignon, Aaron Royal. Um, oh, my God. Mignon's not racing. He's not? Nope. Okay. No Clément Mignon. I don't think uh, – what's his name? Florian Angert's here. He's not even on the list, so that makes sense. Casper Stornis, you got to mention him. Storns. Thornness, Nicholas Yace. Mika Newt. Mika Newt can. He's a ripper. I mean, there's a ton of these Europeans who can probably win that I'm not even mentioning. I don't know who's all in town, though. Like, I, I don't know how many guys from, like, Aaron Royal. He's here. Yeah. He could do well. But in any case, obviously, the Norwegians are the favorite. No matter what, they could have done an Ironman the day before and they'd still be the favorite. So, yeah. hmm. hmm. So, uh, so, Jack, you can't pick Gustav Eden as your dark horse. Uh, I can't. Okay. Uh, I'll go first. Blumenfeld? No, Blumenfeld's my dark horse. He's ranked number uh, 11. I think 11. <laughs> you think Blumenfeld's going to win? Blumenfeld's going to win. Because he's, he's probably so pissed off after giving away some time in Kona, he could have been second. And then I think it's going to be Jackson. And then I think it's going to be Taggle. You don't even think Eden will be on the podium. I don't. not doing it. They don't exist to me. <laughs> yeah. Well, who knows, man? Like, I just think I look at this list as some of these guys who are like really good in the heat, and you wonder if they're also going to be good in the cold or not. I don't know. Like, Jason West runs the same damn speed in Every 40 day. degrees Celsius as he does in cold. So he'll go 108. So who knows? Maybe he'll be not good in the cold. But also, he hasn't super much succeeded on the St. George course yet, but he could be due he's had for it. Back problems and asthma problems. Yeah. Um, maybe. I think Frederick Funk's going to have a really good day. He's maybe going to yeah. be the worst because he's been in, he's been in, um, he's been training in Salt Lake City for like two months. Oh, yeah. He'll be freaking ready. I didn't even mention Sam Long, I don't think, by the way, but he's definitely going to be. He's my dark horse. I, He's not. He's finished he's second racing. last year. He hasn't had a very good year, though. He's won mean? like three races. He hasn't had a good second half of the year. He hasn't raced. He had a good Dallas. He was second. It, dude, you can't say he hasn't had a good year. I'm just That's trying bullshit. to make he had, like one bad. I'm race. just trying to make it to where I can pick him. Yeah. Okay. The dark horse has to be picked from page two. Ooh. Oh come on! That's like five guys. Oh, give me a no. chance. All right. Nick's on there. <laughs> Yeah, I'll pick Nick Chase. What about Van time. Real? Is he on there? No. Anyway, okay, I, I guess I'll go because then Garrett can go last. Well, I do think Gustav Eden is pretty much unbeatable, honestly, at long course. Fair. Um, so I think he'll be first. I think Sam hopefully will go second. You can pick yourself, bud. No, I'm not picking my – I'm going to put myself in this. This is the other podium. This is the side podium. <laughs> okay. Uh. I mean, it's tough not to put the Nor- Norwegians both on the podium, but I think Magnus Ditlev, like he, Ooh. we'll see if he recovers from Kona super well, but he's, if two, he's on, he's tough to beat. Two weeks after Kona, though, to go three, that. Three, bud. 
Yeah, but you kind of have like a shit week after that. There's not much going on. Hey, if anyone could do it, it's probably not him, but you never know. I would love to see Magnus up there. I think he's awesome. Me too. Oh, and Frederick Funk is my dark horse. Come on. He's ranked 20 something, 19. That's uh, got to count as dark horse. Still page one, though. Okay. Okay. I'm going to. I'm going to say this, and if it hits, I'm going to look like the only person that called um, Eric Lagerstrom. No, I'm going to look like a genius if this hits. All right. We're going, I'm going long, funk, laundry. Ooh. And my dark horse, and I'm going to do it properly, going to page two, uh, Arthur Horso. All right. You've got some good baseball stats apparently that you're going off of. Okay. Um, I didn't put long in my top three, which was messed up because I really think it'll be there, but it's too late. But if you're listening, Sam, sorry. No, it's never anything personal. It's just how do you it's so hard to pick. It's literally how do you pick? Like there I do are... think that Sam is gonna be yeah. he just gets so fired up for this question. Wait, who did too? I pick to win? Didn't I? I don't even remember. Did I pick him? Pick Gustav. Oh, Gustav. You said, said you can't bet against Gustav. Yeah, that's true. Can't bet against those shoes. I do think, like, I, I'm pretty sure, like, you can't really bet against the Norwegians at this point. No. Yeah. I just am so happy to be racing again in a world championship in my hometown. I could give a shit less where I finish. I'm just <laughs> throwing an after party no matter what. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. Graham McMahon's going to have a good race. I know it's – he should have been the dark horse. Damn it. Well, like, Brett's awesome, but I just can't see how he could win. But he could for sure get into a top 10 with a good day in the cold and just good old He's, man day. Yeah, you can't ever count that young lad out. Yeah. I can do that I with think, like – I think almost every every athlete on this start list, mind you, I don't know a third of them, have a shot at being in the top 10. <laughs> That's nice of you to say. Well, you don't know two-thirds of them. I know most everyone. <laughs> I do my due diligence. There's two Chileans here. Three. Oh, that's cool. All I know is it's going to be They're fun. Gonna be Chile. There's going to be a lot of weird, random crap. Some people are going to put on vests and jackets. Some people are going to go totally nude and freeze. <laughs> it's just going to be a very tactical race when the weather's like this. Because how many times a year do all of us race in the cold? It doesn't happen very often, especially by choice. Like I did once this year. <clears throat> which one was that? Oceanside. Yeah, that was chilly. Or what? Sixties. At the start, it was like ten degrees Celsius yeah. or eleven. I mean, the reality is, Ironman picks the hottest locations in the world and puts them puts their races on the hottest day, usually. Typically. <laughs> well, like I said from the beginning, when they pick this date for this course, it can it's like the absolute turning point of the season. Most every year, it's either going to be like seventies or it's going to be friggin' forties. Just like. No way to call it. Beautiful. <clears throat> yeah, I think, beautiful. I think that's pretty good. I think. And you gonna change anything else? Change your picks? Last chance? No. No, I'll just put myself as first. Actually, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Then, then where's Rudy gonna finish if you win? Well, he always finishes <laughs> one or two spots behind me, so he'll be second or third. <laughs> oh man! Always. Every single time we've ever raced, the last three times we've raced. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Before that, he was always one spot in front of you. Yeah, that's true. All right, let's uh, let's 
tie her up with some team stuff. If you're uh, Garrick, when do you think this is going to go out? I think this is going to go out on Tuesday. Perfect. Because on Wednesday, if you're happening to just randomly catch this on a, a 1% chance, we're doing at Gaia's Garden Cafe downtown St. George, 1030. Come hang out with the Real Tri Squad professional athletes. Jackson will sign your sandwich. Um, <laughs> then you can eat it. And then we're going to have a pro briefing at 1130. So we're going to go there, show them some love. It's a great vegan restaurant. They show our team a lot of support. So we have coffee, pastries, juice, breakfast, really good pastries, man. This like gluten-free apple streusel cake. Um, I just, they got a new baker there and that just really, you'll love it. Anyway, Do they still have, they still have the avocado toast? Yeah. Always. Avo that toast. is the um, best, best thing I think I ever had. Well, thank you. I'll let them know. Um, we have over 110 athletes now on our age group squad, which we are officially have signed up and more info to come on the launch of what that really means and what you get. And first and foremost, thank you for all the support. Um, and there's a free option. So sign up. Yeah, it's free or you can chip in. You don't have to, you can chip in for a shirt or a hat. We'll have all that stuff kind of shipping out early in next year. You can join us at camps. We're having a camp in St. George at the end of February. There'll be more on our website, realtrisquad.com, once we start getting that loaded up. Um, and we're going to have a lot of cool variations of different athletes, development, developing pro athletes, helping influencers influence, um, helping elite age groupers act like pros and steal all the partnership obligations they can. <laughs> <laughs> and then we'll hopefully have a really cool, like I'm hoping by next year I can announce like, a really well-funded team because we've got some cool opportunities coming up. Um, can't, can't wait to announce them, but they're not, they're not there yet. Come hang out with us at guys garden cafe. It'll be great. Yeah. That's Thanks. my ad. And check out race Chad. He's got some good opinions on how to stay, <laughs> stay going on my account. He pops in every other day. I'm going to do a race, race snack. You have to come up with a bro name. Race snack. No, it's not a bro name at all. Race, Jake. Okay, fine. We'll work on that. But anyways, uh, Garrick, any final thoughts? Um, what is another bro name other than Chad? Chad is like the stereotypical. It's uh, like the Karen of bro names. Doug. Wait, Doug. No. Doug. <laughs> like more Hick. Dax. Um, Chaz. I had one on the freaking tip of my tongue, and I lost it. I'll come back to it. Yeah. Anyways, we'll come back next week and give you some other updates on names. But, boys, until next time, peace. Oh. I got ish to do. Flying through the sky in my parachute. Dancing on the couch like I'm Tommy Cruise. On a one-man mission trying to see it through.